Yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like if ghosts can walk through doors and come downstairs, how come they don't fall through the floors? Hi, America, hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee and I am your host. Welcome to the show More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of this week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers and turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and retrobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of that will be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, and we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? So without any further ado, let us embrace the darkness. Let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and evanescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Paranormal, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now the audio and EVP expert with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather has spent all week wondering what happens if you get half scared to death twice <laughs> welcome to the show heather hello we also have with us the analytical and skeptical mind of kim gore kim is also a talented and valued member of the international paranormal society kim has analyzed this week how much more ocean water there would be if sponges on the seabed did not exist Welcome to the show, Kim. Hello. <laughs> Finally on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He is also a producer and sound mixer. Greg has had many sleepless nights this week wondering why Grape Nuts Cereal is called Grape Nuts Cereal when it contains neither grape or nuts. 
Welcome to the show, Greg. Hello. I actually had a bad case of grape nuts last summer when I did too much cycling in hot weather. We are on show 33, you'll be glad to know. 33 is a fabulous number. Did you know there are 33 vertebrae in a human spine? Obviously slightly less if you're a politician, of course. Or a dwarf. Or a dwarf. No, I just think it's smaller. I don't think they're lacking... I just think it's like they've had a piano dropped on their head. I think it's the same number, just slightly more compacted, perhaps. But who knows? There are indeed more questions than answers. Of course, 33 was the age that Jesus was when he was crucified, so not a good year for him, I would suggest. 33 is also the number of innings played in the longest baseball match or game, as you say, in recorded History That took place in 1981, and it was a minor league game. Can you imagine having to watch 33 innings of a baseball game? I'd be clutching a rusty nail into the palm of my hand just to stay conscious. 33 is also the average number of races for the Indianapolis 500, so if you didn't want to watch that, you can pluck 33 M&Ms out of a packet, flush the toilet and watch all the colours going around. (laughs) 33 is also the international dialing code for France, but nobody, of course, has any reason to ring France. Now, we at the weekend, last weekend, was in Mankato, just in the south there of uh, Minnesota, and we went to the Wellness Expo. And there was many psychics and people selling crystals and all manner of paranormal and supernatural healings and events taking place. So I was there with my team. And if you get a chance to go, we will be doing that again in March. I actually had a booth there and I was doing psychic readings and signing books and it was very successful. But Heather, perhaps you'd like to tell us a little bit of what you remember of that weekend. What was the highlight for you of being at the Wellness Expo in Mankato? I think my highlight is I got to get some more of my incense. Yes, you have a passion for incense, don't you? Well, it's an incredible incense, and for the life of me, I don't remember the name. Do you, Kim? Oh, no, Is it like sacred circle incense? Are we allowed to advertise, by the way? Is this even possible? Maybe they'll pay us. That's a good idea. So we have like a big (laughs) box of incense. I also like Ferraris. I like Audis. Uh, I like crack cocaine when I can get hold of it. I like innies. You like innies? That's a belly button, isn't it? You get an Audi and an innie. Well, you said you wanted Audis. (laughs) Oh, for them. It's a German car. What's wrong with you? We've not even got through the intro. (laughs) This show is really going downhill. That only happened since you arrived, I might add. So, I want an Audi and you want an Innie. You say potato, I... Do you know the song, you know, you say potato, I say potato, you say tomato, I say... Can you imagine when that was first written down? You're waiting for the music to come through the post. It's been freshly printed, brand new song. You sit at your piano, you sit there, you put your music out, you open up the book, you start playing the piano, and you're reading it and you're going... You say potato, I say potato, you say tomato, I say tomato. And you'll be wondering, what what on earth is this song about? Were they smoking drugs? You know, because it's frenetic, isn't it? If it was written down and you're reading the music and playing it, how would you know? Who knew? You're thinking they're mad. Who wrote this song? You say tomato and I say tomato. I think I've actually heard somebody do that in a jest. Really? As yeah. an actual joke? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. And there was I thinking I was being original. Uh, it turns yeah. out I'm common. Who knew? Um, so apart from a German sports car, what else did you find interesting? 
Well, I was going to go back to the incense because oh, yes. the reason that I love that incense so much, and if I remember it and if they pay us, we'll advertise it. I think it's oh. unlikely, but I'm willing to chance my arm at this stage. I'll take an extra pack of incense for payment. Um, this incense is so incredible. It literally lasts two and a half hours. A whole two and a half hours. Which is incredible. No, that's good incense. for an incense that's stick. Really yeah, that's the slow-burning incense smells stick. smells amazing. So I was very happy because I yes. got to buy some more. And you can get some more in March when we do that event again in March. Yay! Kim, what was the highlight for you? Um, all of the people. I always enjoy it. Uh, we got to see, I'm going to say first names. We got to see Robin. We got to see Allison. Val, who runs the expo, does a great job. Uh, saw Gail. Uh, met a new one, Renata. There is a, to all those gals. The energy is fabulous because you walk into the room. It's a big expo center, a conference room, and uh, there's obviously crystals and healing. There's psychics as far as the eye can they see. They had drumming this year. Yes, they had drumming workshops. This is true. So a the, singing bowl concert too, didn't they? Yes. I thought he was going to say a singing bowl contest. It's like the X Factor. Someone walks on with a bowl and they rub their finger around it, and then the next one comes on. And, Concert. A singing bowl concert. Yes. Yes, Yes, their rendition of Bohemian Rhapsody was incredible. So if anyone wants to see that, um, then obviously March um, is the time to go and have a look. Greg, what did you think of the uh, weekend? What was the highlight for you? Well, the highlight for me was everybody was in such a good mood. All of the vendors were, we've been there in the past and it's a little bit tense and I don't know what it is, competition. Yes, when but, you get a lot of psychics in a room, I guess. What's a, what's a collective word for a group of psychics, I wonder? We'll have to have a conversation. <laughs> We're Psychos. not allowed to say it on <laughs> Yeah, Be it buried in May that there are people around this table that claim to be psychic, but we'll, we'll cut a murder of psychics. There you go. What the, the psychics were going to each other for readings and help, and that, that was kind of cool to see. It was really, really impressive. In the paranormal world, of course, there are very few um, occasions when uh, people interact very well with one another. There's normally a lot of drama and a lot of egos, but this event doesn't seem to have those. I did a fabulous reading for a lady that was blind, and uh, I explained to her what all the cards were and what I was doing, and she was a very intelligent woman. She was a lecturer, and she had a PhD in philosophy, and a PhD, which is better than sitting around doing nothing, of course. And she also had a PhD in sociology. So I got to talk with her about Hegelian theory and all manner of fabulous things that on my average reading I wouldn't be able to talk about. And Greg will back me up here because he was standing there when this took place. After I did a two-hour reading with this blind lady, I stood up and I put my hands on her shoulder and said, just to give you a visual of what I look like, I actually look like Brad Pitt, if that helps. And uh, I thought that was very funny. Greg Greg died, of course, and uh, he, he went bright red. But I thought that was funny. There was a lady, when I lived in Salk Centre, there was a blind lady that I saw trying to cross the road from the post office across, basically, uh, Highway 71. And she was outside the post office trying to cross the road. It's a busy highway. And obviously she was struggling with that. So I'd only been in Salk Centre. In fact, I'd only been in the country a short while. So I walked up to her and said, I hope you don't mind, but you know, is it OK if I see you across the road, I said, because it's a very busy road and uh, you're going to have problems getting across. And she said, no, that would be fabulous. I'd love you to help me cross the road. So I took her hand, stepped onto the road, and then I said, which way do I have to look first again? And I felt her, I felt her grip my hand tighter because I'd just come from England. I couldn't remember which way the traffic came first. So I thought that was funny, but she kind of ran a little bit as I was dragging her across the road. And I, I swear the colour left her cheeks. 
Fabulous. We are into the first round, which of course is Ghosts and Hauntings. Heather, there's points to be had. There is parity. Everyone is on zero at the moment. All is to play for. It's like opening up a brand new cell phone and just peeling off that little bit of cellophane there from the, from the top of the phone. What have you got for me don't tonight? Don't get mad at me and don't take any points away. Well, I'm, I'm feeling in a very good mood at the moment, so uh, let's hear your story and we'll see if you it's still remain. It's actually a story. It's a real story this time. Does it fall it's into ghosts? Is it ghosts and hauntings? Because normally you give me stories that have no relevance to any of the subjects. <laughs> White people literally think black people have magical powers. Okay. It's true. Oh, here we go. Greg's got his uh, orchestra out. He's like a one-man band. He's playing the trombone in one hand. He's got a mouth organ. He's banging the drum with the other. Do you believe it? Don't ask how he's playing the triangle. That will get us arrested. Yes, I do. Yes. Read the story and you shall have points. If you've wondered why some white people are so fearful of black people, it might be because they think black people are literally warlocks. What spells will black people cast on us poor, persecuted white people? As it turns out, some of that fear is not just founded in racism, but some people are just idiots. No, get away. <laughs> I've, never con- I've, never, I've not come across any idiots while I've been in this country. Everyone's <laughs> been very sensible and well-educated. New York Magazine actually reports a recent study in social, psychological, and personality science casts an interesting new light on this. White people apparently have a superhumanization bias when it comes to black people. Where was this survey done? That is, they associate them with superhuman abilities. Oh. I don't know. It doesn't say where it was done. It just says it was done. Okay. Uh, Gawker reports, in one study, researchers found that white people were significantly more likely to attribute a number of magical powers to black people, including having superhuman skin that is thick enough that it can withstand the pain of burning hot coals, and having supernatural strength that makes them capable of lifting up a tank. A tank? I know. Okay. Whites are also found to believe black people more capable of reading a person's mind by touching the person's head, but not... Now, they're getting muddled up with Spock. I'm sorry, this is a... (laughs) They're thinking of Star Trek. What's wrong with them? But anyway, that wasn't to a statistically significant degree. Okay. Well, that did have elements of awe and wonder in it. Can you believe it? I don't believe it. No, I can't believe you squeezed that into Ghost and Hauntings either. That's remarkable. (laughs) We talk about witches during this little... Escapade, Strange and bizarre, I thought, witches came into, but I, I'm not no. here to argue. Okay, so you want me to... We're now judging that story, are we, on interesting and uh, informative? Yeah. A little bit of shock and awe, of course, because yeah. that's remarkable that people even think those things. I never alone. thought that. Since someone had to pay to have that survey done as well, which is even more remarkable. So it's you crazy. shall start the show. You was very optimistic, and uh, I will give you two to start the show. Well, that's a good start. It could be worst. It could be one. That's true. I'm sure by the end of the show, you shall be on negative numbers. I've got a story here that says, things go in bump in the night. A third of Britons believe their house is haunted. A third of Britons believe... Oh, there we go. Greg, how was that Taco Bell for you? Was it okay? How was that? Do you have extra rice with that? And uh, what was the chili sauce like? Was that working? Kind of rough. Yeah, do you want some uh, tum... Oh, that ended quickly. <laughs> shut the bathroom door is what happened. A third of Britons believe their house is haunted, and some spooked homeowners are certain they have seen a ghost walking their corridors. 
A quarter of those who feel their home has a supernatural presence were convinced a poltergeist has moved around their possessions. It's probably down to the fact that 50% of all Brits are now over the age of 60. So some don't even remember to wear their pants when they go to the shops. It's not poltergeist activity. It's moments of senility where you can't remember where you are, what you're doing, or where you've put your car keys would be my suggestion. Yeah, what age? I know, right? <laughs> and a sick... <laughs> And a, there we go. And Greg's on minus one. Um, a sixth of those who thought their house was haunted said doors open or close by themselves, while a further sixth said that they have even seen a ghost. The figures come from a survey conducted by Confused.com. Their head of home insurance, Gareth Lane, said ghosts, ghouls and things that go bump in the night are usually seen in films and TV programmes. But for some homeowners... There is a very real concern, with three in ten Britons saying that they thought their home was haunted. Remember, of course, that most homes in Britain are incredibly old. I once bought my first house was an 1871 Victorian townhome, and that wasn't considered to be that old. So a lot of people live in buildings from the Edwardian, Victorian, Georgian period, and even going back to the Elizabethan period. So there is a lot of history and a lot of residual energy built up in these places. Whilst the most common cause for people thinking their home was haunted was strange noises, more than a quarter say their belongings would disappear without explanation. The survey also found more than a quarter of all Britons would be put off buying a house if they believed it was haunted. Of those who believed their home was haunted, nearly a quarter tried to research the history of their house and area. So that's 22 Bloodbath Road, Slaughterville, if you can find that. A tenth tried to contact the spirits to get an answer, whilst a sixth had been forced to sell up and flee, which would be very problematic if the ghost was actually attached to you and not the house. Of course, Britain has a, a long heritage and culture of embracing the paranormal and the supernatural with going back to things like Dickens and A Christmas Carol and even further then, you know, back in the day of, of paganism and Stonehenge and everything else. So we do have a very metaphysical nature about us. So I will give myself points in the round of hauntings and ghosts for being interesting and informative. Kim... What have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? Mummified body found in Ohio home. A bullet. Ah! <laughs> oh, I'll just stub my toe on the table if anyone's interested. <laughs> I heard a fabulous chat-up line. Perhaps I shouldn't recount this, and we haven't got to that part of the show yet. But I had a fabulous chat-up line that someone said, um, I saw it on Facebook, and they said, uh, you remind me of my pinky toe. And the person said, why is that? And he said, because at some point in the future, I'm going to be banging you hard on the kitchen table. <laughs> and I just made me smile, because there's not many cliche chess-up lines that make you smile, but that one did. So, a boy exploring an apparently vacant house in Dayton, Ohio, received a nasty shock when he saw what was inside the closet. Well, he shouldn't have been poking around. What was he doing just exploring an empty house? Yes. He's, got to, he's not going to do that again, I suspect, with what's coming next. <laughs> the hardened, leathery body of a man whom officials say may have died nearly five years earlier. Hardened leathery? Yes. Oh, dear. Officials from... Sounds like George Hamilton. Sorry, I just I thought or I... Or Brad Pitt. Is he hard and leathery? Well, I don't know. I just oh, you don't know. Him. We'll ask Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Hi, Angelina. Is Brad there? No, he's not good. I have a question for you. Is he hard and leathery by any chance? No, he moisturises. He's fine. 
Officials from the Montgomery County Coroner's Office identified the deceased as 53-year-old Edward Brunton and ruled his death a suicide by hanging. Oh, he hanged himself in the closet? Yes. We shouldn't go poking around this little boy. He's going to be traumatised. He's going to spend the next 12 years having therapy. If I was his parents, I'd get a mannequin and hang it in his closet just for fun. <laughs> just for shits and giggles, you know? So he goes to his closet to get his, you know, his jeans out or his sneakers and there's, there's just hanging. That would never... Be... You just wait until they just get to the point of relaxing and not being afraid. Yeah, after, after their 10th year of therapy, you decided it'd be funny to hang the mannequin back in the closet yep. again. <laughs> I hear you. That needs to be videoed and put on YouTube. Uh, They said that the reason his body was so well preserved is because the closet was protected from sunlight and insects, as well as the effects of humidity. Ah, so nothing had a chance to have a nibble on him, basically. And no mice as well. If you're hanging off the ground, how's the mice going to get you? Unless they climb down the rope, of course. Or they jump out of aeroplanes with parachutes. I they jump. Yeah, they're paratroopers. Yeah, they're mice, paratroopers. There's cats below with their mouth open, you know, waiting to eat them and... You know, think the parachute as well. They don't need to wipe their bottom on the way out, do they? It's all there. Uh, evidently, he inherited a bunch of money from his mother and bought this house and died soon thereafter. So none of the neighbors or anybody really knew that he was there. They thought the place was abandoned. Still empty. Yep, and it came wow. to the city investigating things because of the little boy finding him. Did it list his name by any chance? Just because I want to yeah. say Colonel Mustard in the bedroom with the rope was pretty much where we was going. It's not Colonel the Mustard. The name of the suicide person? Yeah. Or Edward, Professor Edward, Plums. Edward Brunton. Edward Brunton. Poor man. I mean, you know, we crack jokes, but ultimately, you know, yeah. very distressing story. Kim, you shall also have two points. I've got another story here that says Polish woman declared dead wakes up in a mortuary. A Polish woman who has spent 11 hours in cold storage in a mortuary after being declared dead has returned to her family, complaining of feeling cold and a little stiff as well, no doubt. Which, of course, it could be very, uh, it could be even worse, couldn't it, if you've been in a, in a mortuary for several hours. 11 hours altogether. If you were sore in other places, some of the mortuary tendons would perhaps have to be questioned. Officials say Janina Kolkovitz, 91, was declared dead after an examination by the family. However, mortuary staff were astonished to notice movement in her body bag while she was in storage. The police have launched an investigation. Back home, Miss Kolkovich warmed up with a bowl of soup and two pancakes after realising her family had already divided up all of her jewellery and, in fact, taken the gold teeth out of her mouth. Her family and doctors <laughs> said they were in shock, according to the website of a Polish newspaper. The woman's niece in the eastern Polish town of Ostro-Lubeski summoned the doctor after coming home one morning to find that her aunt did not seem to be breathing or to have a pulse. After examining the woman, the family doctor declared her dead and wrote out her death certificate. The body was taken to the mortuary and preparations were made for a funeral in two days' time. Lucky her organs were not donated, I guess. I was sure she was dead, said the doctor. I'm stunned. I don't understand what happened. Her heart had stopped beating. She was no longer breathing. The death certificate has been declared invalid, which is a shame because I think for tax reasons it would be beneficial to be declared dead. Miss Kolkovitz told her relatives she felt normal and fine after returning home. One of the things it goes on to mention in this article is, unfortunately, Miss Kolkovitz, at the age of 91, actually suffers from dementia and has no idea or no clue that she was in a body bag for 11 hours. So whether that's a good thing or a bad thing remains to be seen, but she has no recollection 
of being in a mortuary zipped up in a body bag for 11 hours. Perhaps she's just used to it and her family zips her up in one every night. There you go. I'd tell her that we took her to Disneyland. <laughs> Photoshop a couple of pictures of her standing next to Mickey Mouse and everybody's happy. That comes to the end, the round of ghosts and hauntings. We move, we fly, we hover, we stumble out of the crypt with bandages hanging from our body. We run from the jungle covered in hair. This is the round of UFOs, green men, cryptozoology and hairy beasties. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? 10,000-year-old rock paintings depicting aliens and UFOs found in India. You shall have points. That's a rather probing device you've got there, Greg. <laughs> that actually tickled a little bit. You have to be careful what you do with that. Glad you liked it. Yeah, well, there'll be more of that later if you're lucky. Greg has gone up to... Oh, that's got it. Three points for Greg. Fabulous. Don't wear the batteries out. Oh, there we go. I have a show to do, sir. How dare you? This is worth three. I thought maybe I'd get some more. I'll be muddling my worms up next. So you have a round that actually contains... Aliens, I shall give you points because it's been a long while since that's happened, Heather. You are Whatever. now on four for actually having a story on aliens in the aliens and UFOs and cryptozoology round. Chahadaskar State Department of Archaeology and Culture plans to seek help from NASA and ISRO for research on 10,000-year-old rock paintings depicting aliens and UFOs in the Kaharma region in Kankur district in tribal Bastar region. You did well to get through that sentence. Wow. I was trying. I was expecting a genie to appear at any moment and would get a wish. <laughs> Yay! Uh, the findings suggest that humans in prehistoric times may have seen or imagined beings from other planets which still create curiosity among people and researchers. How can they imagine that? We have a knowledge. If, if Let's say, for example, let's just argue the point that aliens don't exist, okay? Let's just say they don't exist. We have built up a culture of the little grey alien with the, you know, elongated eyes and UFOs, so it's become part of our culture. Even if UFOs don't exist, and I don't believe that to be true, it is still part of the culture and still something we've taken on board, like myths and folklore. I find it hard to understand how someone 10,000 years ago who's got very basic speech and is in a hunter-gatherer society could even begin to understand that beings could arrive from another planet in some sort of vehicle seems remarkable to me without any other stimulus. Does that make sense? Yes. They say extensive research is needed for further findings. There are also several beliefs among locals in these villages. While few worship the paintings, others narrate stories they have heard from ancestors about the Rohila people, the small-sized ones, who used to land from sky in a round-shaped flying object that would take away one or two persons of the village who would then never return. I do think, I bet they've still got 33 vertebrae, even for being short. I bet they've still got that. That's still the number they've got. You can Let play the go. xylophone. No, no. Too soon. Uh, the paintings are done in natural colours and have hardly faded despite the years. The strangely carved figures are seen holding weapon-like objects and do not have clear features. Uh, specifically, the nose and mouth are missing. In a few pictures, they are even shown wearing spacesuits. We can't refute the possibility of imagination by prehistoric men, but humans usually fancy such things. The archaeologist said he added that it is a coincidence that such ancient images appear to have sharp resemblance to the UFOs shown in alien movies. The fan-like antenna and the three legs of the vehicles stand clearly show a similarity 
to UFO type craft. So, whereabouts is this again? Because I'd like you to read that name. People who want to go and look this stuff up, we'll put it online and on our... Remember, we have a Facebook site, which is More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. And if you go on there, all of tonight's stories will be listed. And you can see them in glorious Technicolor for your own perusal. But what a, whereabouts is that again, just out of interest? In the Karama region, in Kankur district, in tribal... Baster region. You called me a what? Yes, Bastard. we can't say that. That will get taken <laughs> off air. How dare you, madam? That's very interesting. We have, uh, we live just literally a few miles away from the Jeffers petroglyphs, and there's over 3,000 drawings on these rocks that go back further than the Native American tribes that were here. They're the Mississippian culture and the Hopperwell culture, and uh, there's really weird, cycloptic looking. You know, aliens with five arms and one big eyeball and all of this. But I've got a theory. I think the parents said to the kids, you know, your dinner's going to be ready in an hour. Go and play on the rock. So they sit there and draw all these kids' drawings, you know, with a guy with one eye and someone with big fingers and great big legs. And uh, 10,000 years later, there's people studying anthropology, thinking that's a reflection of Orion's belt and wondering if they're painting star systems down on the rocks. When that was little Johnny trying to use up an hour of his life, <laughs> waiting for his dinner, carving images of his mum on a rock where she's got big hands and one big eye is my theory. But I could be wrong. Points are to be awarded all round. You are now on a resplendent six. Okay, it's like, I swear to God, it's like an Etch-A-Sketch, isn't it? It's a 10,000-year-old Etch-A-Sketch. If you said to a five-year-old kid, draw a picture of your dad on an Etch-A-Sketch, I swear that's what the Jeffers petroglyphs look like. I'm, I'm going to stick by that. It's, it's, a, it's an Etch-A-Sketch. I've this, seen the pictures of these, these paintings, and they're actually pretty accurate as far as the is the spacesuits and looking like aliens so where the imagination like you said would come from is crazy well they're not even wearing clothes to be honest at that stage you know they've just got a fur wrap around them and everything's on display how they can depict you know foddy full body suits with helmets and everything else body suits um i've got a foddy suit yeah <laughs> <laughs> i only wear it on special occasions and i have to put talcum on fun powder. day yes fud day do you not have fud day here it's the second week in february in britain every tuesday second week of february fud day you have to put your fud suit on and it's quite tight no because i've been in this country i put 25 pounds on in the last couple of years when i go back home put my fud suit on i have to you know put talcum powder in it it chaves you know, I walk around the house and you can smell burning, which isn't good on Fud Day, because obviously you're celebrating the great god Fud, who gave us fire back in the 15th century. What's wrong with you? You're laughing at my culture. This is borderline racism, I tell you. Kim, what have you got for us tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? Not feeling sexy. Greg, how's, how are we feeling tonight? I see you've got your... Just fine. Fabulous. He's just soaking it all up. You can try frogs in a blender. There you go. There's a joke, isn't there? In this oh, don't press the button. This is in Lima, Peru. Suffering from stress, not feeling sexy, high in the Andean mountains, some locals believe putting frogs in a blender is the answer. That's going to be a bit spicy, isn't it? It's a little spicy. Yeah. That frog's repeating on me. I'm not having another one of them. <laughs> I swear, the next state fair, I bet you've got frog on a stick. I, that's everything you put on a stick, isn't it, in this country, in this state? There'll be frog on a stick, and it'll have bacon wrapped around it, and it'll be dipped in chocolate, and everyone will be eating it next year. Disgusting. Tastes like chicken. Unfortunately, there is no scientific evidence confirming any medical benefits from frog juice. And oh, <laughs> it's a frog smoothie. And the frogs that Peruvians use are from the... 
Tomatobius cilius species. Your sister's going to laugh her head off at me. She did have a collection of frogs when she was little. <laughs> this is true. They used to bang their heads on the top of their tanks at night and keep everyone awake in the house. A water frog from remote Lake Titicaca that is listed as critically endangered. She said Titicaca. <laughs> <laughs> was it suddenly with beavers and butthead? <laughs> she said, she said Titicaca. <laughs> Give me some nachos. I'm going to kick your ass, butthead. No, just me. <laughs> I need some teepee for my bum hole. <laughs> it must really you stop. You won't believe me, but I have never ever watched Beavis and Butthead. Okay, trust me, that's a brilliant impression. <laughs> it's like the blind lady I told her looked like Brad Pitt. Are these poisonous frogs? Are these frogs that have hallucinogenic qualities? Should you be licking them or? Doesn't say. I reckon there's an element of that in there. Here's the part that I think is just even worse yet. The entire frog is the main ingredient in the juice blend. So you're getting everything. Yes. Um, it claims to cure asthma, bronchitis, sluggishness, and a low... Yeah, because right. you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's never looked better. Dig that hole a bit deeper. I like this part. At the food stand, to serve it, um, the owner grabs a frog from a small aquarium and whacks its head on the countertop until it's dead. Oh. Then she peels off its skin and drops the frog into a blender with carrots, Rabbit. the Peruvian maca root, and honey. What if it gets stuck in your throat? Oh. <laughs> I've got time. I'm here all night. That's shockingly That's bad. And then you get it in a glass. <laughs> With a straw and some ice cubes. Well, I, if I go to Peru, I promise not to touch the frog smoothie. I have a story here that says mammoths could live again after Jurassic Park breakthrough. That would be a mammoth task, wouldn't it? Oh, cheeky. A well-preserved mammoth found in the snowy wastes of Siberia could be the key to a Jurassic Park-style resurrection for the creature, which could be cloned by implanting the nucleus from a preserved mammoth cell into an elephant's egg. I didn't even know elephants laid eggs. This is new to me. How big would an elephant's egg be? I mean, that would be like a beach ball. Wouldn't you be boiling that for hours? Imagine the look on its face when it's having to push a beach boy out. It's phenomenal. I didn't even know. If an elephant builds a nest full of elephant's eggs, that's going to be vast. Two teams, one in South Korea and one in the United States, are racing to resurrect the extinct creature from previously unearthed remains, but have struggled to secure high-quality cells from which a clone could be produced. The new specimen was near complete. Carbon dating has already ascertained that it walked the Earth around 4,000 years ago. Dr. Tony Herridge, a paleobiologist at the Natural History Museum who took part in the work, said the mammoth had lived for close to 50 years based on the erosion on its teeth. She said, as a paleontologist, you normally have to imagine the extinct animals you work on. So actually coming face to face with a mammoth in the flesh and being up to my elbows in slippery, wet and frankly rather smelly mammoth liver counts as one of the most incredible experiences of my life. It's up there with my wedding day. Christ, what was her wedding like? Wow. Let me re- this was her wedding. She, she says this was like, imagine this is your wedding night and you're being up to your elbows in slippery, wet and frankly rather smelly liver. Something's gone wrong there, isn't it? I mean, that's not the wedding night you dream of, is it? Well, it, perhaps it is, I don't know. I just think that's very odd. It's the last time that she's going on a blind date, apparently. Um, this counts as one of the most experiences, best experiences of her life. The race to clone a mammoth 
is not without controversy, however. The Russian academics are already in negotiation with Japan's kinky university. I want to graduate from kinky university in Japan. I would study for that. I would. I'd put in hours. You would just go there so you could buy the sweatshirt afterwards. And this is kinky. Yeah. Kinky university. Graduated from postgraduate. <laughs> postgraduate kinky university. Telephone number below. I'd study for that. I'd put some effort in. Um, for joint research next year, aiming to recreate the giant mammal. Mammoths became extinct about 10,000 years ago, which is remarkable when you consider at the beginning of the story they said the mammoth was 4,000 years old. Hold on, hold on. It must on. have been very lonely for 6,000 years is what I'm suggesting. So they became extinct 10,000 years ago, yeah? It says that at the bottom of the paper, yes. That's how long ago those cave paintings were. Okay. So... The mammoths came down in UFOs, wearing spacesuits, yeah. is what you're suggesting. Yeah, hairy spacesuits. Well, I just think it's remarkable that that's along the same time frame. If, if people wanted to put it into perspective, like you said, with they shouldn't have clothes on and they're clubbing their wives and dragging them into caves. You must talk about, about Iowa aliens? like that. We've already had complaints <laughs> and letters. We keep getting letters every week from listeners in Iowa. I told you not to bring any of that up. I just think it's a very Let's lonely... Let's go on to Wisconsin. <laughs> we can move on to all the Midwest states at some point during tonight's show. I think it's remarkable that they say the mammoth extinct 10,000 years ago. But if you recall at the beginning of the story, they said that this particular mammoth was around 4,000 years ago. So he's obviously been very lonely for 6,000 years, I would suggest, wondering where all his friends and colleagues are, no doubt. But the discovery in Siberia has increased the chances of a successful cloning. Global warming has thawed the ground in eastern Russia that is usually almost permanently frozen, leading to the discoveries of a number of frozen mammoths. It's very interesting, isn't it, that global warming is actually bringing extinct animals to life after their death by the Ice Age, which is rather ironic. But any time soon, they could be having mammoths wandering around. I know they do that in Britain. There was an extinct species of deer that solely came from China, and uh, they managed to recreate them. And, of course, if you create a clone, if you then breed it with other animals, each time it breeds, you're getting closer and closer to 100% of it being that animal. So, for instance, if they put a mammoth egg into a, into a, a real-life elephant, if you like, you get 50% mammoth, 50% elephant. If you then breed the offspring of that with another 50% mammoth, 50% elephant, you're now three-quarters of the way there. Do you see what I'm saying? So the more times you breed with the half-breed, the more times you get closer and closer to having 100% woolly mammoth is how I believe that system to work. I have one more story in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology. It says, real-life unicorn found deer has extremely rare deformity. A roe deer shot in Slovenia has a single antler that makes it look exactly like a unicorn. And do you know why that's not a unicorn, anybody? Because they shot it and it's dead and unicorns live forever, of course. If you've ever seen the film... <laughs> no, it's true, the film Blade Runner, if you recall Blade Runner, there's a moment where he's uh, struggling with the concept of when he's going to die and it's all about knowing when you're going to die and you can't live forever. And uh, he has a colleague with him who makes a little unicorn um, origami animal at the end. And he has a dream, a recurring dream, 
in Blade Runner about a unicorn, and of course unicorns live forever. So that was that was the point of that, I guess. But it says it looks like it just walked out of a fairy tale. But this deer with a single unicorn-like antler is the real thing. Shot by a hunter in Slovenia in August, the roe deer has an extremely rare type of antler deformity, likely caused by an injury early in the antler's development. Such injuries are common in deer and often lead to antler abnormalities, including bizarrely shaped racks. Seen any bizarrely shaped racks recently, Greg? No, not lately. Uh, none at the weekend. Do you want to comment on? No. Okay. <laughs> the, the abnormal antler on this Slovenian unicorn is so unusual that scientists who verified the animal's authenticity said they had never seen anything like that in nature before. In this species, only males grow antlers, which are bilateral and usually symmetrical bone structures that appear from two other pedicles, extensions to the skull. However, in the case of this very untypical and interesting buck, both pedicles, which should be separated, grew up together in one large pedicle. Do you prefer one large pedicle, Kim, over two small ones? Nope. You really wouldn't want that. <laughs> You've had a pedicle before, I'm passing you? the buck. <laughs> <laughs> you really wouldn't want one to charge you from behind, would you? Because that would be very problematic. And then you'd know what it is to be a kebab. I went on a field trip. When I, was a, when I was a teacher, I took a group of students into a natural history museum and I gave them tasks like, you know, go and find the snow leopard and they had to go and look for it because it's all taxidermied animals and fossils. I told a group of children from East London to go and find the kebab and told them that it was in fact a mammal that roams the plains of Africa and they spent an hour wandering around the natural history museum looking for a taxidermied <laughs> kebab. Um, I said they were very rare, very difficult to come by and uh, we have to grow them in the Caucasus Mountains, the Black Mountains of Turkey, and the kebab has shorter legs on one side, so it can climb mountains on one side. Very similar to the Highland Haggis in many respects, but obviously from the Caucasus. So uh, they went and had a look for a, for a kebab, and uh, they actually asked, rather, to, uh, rather, rather amusingly, they asked one of the curators if they could see the kebab, and he looked at them as if they were mad, but I thought that was very funny. If you can't, you know, mess around with kids... I was going to say, if you can't mess around with kids when you're a teacher, when can you? You know, and that's, that's why I'm in this country ever since the uh, injunction came out, of course. We move now to the ad break, so be sure to stay tuned as we explore further the week's news of the paranormal and strange after these short messages from our sponsors. The Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group meets bi-monthly to discuss all things paranormal. I will have to stop there. Last week... I was reading this out, and if you listen to last week's show, you may get a hint that when I was reading that sentence out, I was actually laughing because I was very tired last week. We'd had a long, a long day, and we was recording this show, and I think everyone agreed they'd been drained from investigating all weekend at the Chase on the Lake resort at the end of last week. And I read out the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group meets my bumfly. And uh, about three times. Oh, at least three times. I tried to read that out, and then each time I said my bumfly, and uh, the hilarity in the studio was quite something to the point where Greg actually has got that as an outtake now, and we're putting that together for a Christmas special. But what made it even more funny is after the fourth time of saying meets my bumfly. Um, I then said the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group meets every other month. <laughs> At that point, we all lost it again. But they do meet bi-monthly, and I'm due to talk there um, on the 10th of December, if people are interested, on the theme of our ghosts and UFOs the same. So if you want to come along and see my lecture, we'll be meeting 
at the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group. The group's primary focus is on the topic of UFOs, but they also delve into alien abductions, cryptozoology, Bigfoot, crop circles, ghosts and bum fleas. Come with an open mind and be prepared to discover the who, what, when, where, why and how of these phenomena. Meetings are from 7 to 9pm Central Time in the Banquet Room of the American Legion Club in Wake Park, Minnesota. For more information, visit their website, lapig.org. And on there you will find all the details of my lecture for the 10th of December. For people who believe that standing in a cold, dark basement in the middle of the night, scratching their bottom for hours and end, is perfectly normal. The Minnesota chapter of the Mutual UFO Network MUFON meets the second Saturday of every month at the New Brighton Community Centre, New Brighton, Minnesota. Meetings are from 2 to 5 p.m. Central and include investigation reports, open mic, book reviews, videos and guest speakers. Anyone with an interest in UFOs is welcome to attend. For anyone who's experienced a UFO sighting or knows somebody who has, this is the place to be. Meeting agendas, driving directions and tons of UFO information can be found at MN. MUFON.org I would love to hear from you if you would like your business or product advertised live on more questions and answers. Reaching the nation and beyond with informative, well-educated listeners of good taste and a love of the paranormal and all things oddly intriguing. You are listening to the very best in live paranormal digital talk radio with your host Adrian Lee. And in the lyrics and the words of the reggae legend that is Johnny Nash, there are indeed more questions than answers. And the more I find out, the less I know. Which means I'm probably less intelligent than when the show started. If you have just joined us, then where have you been? And what could have been more important? If you have stayed with me, then let me raise your spirits further by saying that we still have 50% of the show still left to go. And in my opinion, the best 50% of the show. Hurrah! And a happy dance all around the bedroom. I've been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies. I have fresh flashlight batteries and my mother has thankfully now stopped snoring from the room next door. So onwards, we march and do remember... At any time during tonight's show, you can log on to my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee and seal of tonight's stories and all of the fabulous photographs of deer with one single horn and cave paintings from over 10,000 years ago and woolly mammoths and ghosts and all manner of many fabulous things. And I will remind you that we now have a Twitter account. If you go to Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips, that's T-I- P.S. You can also join me on there. And we have 20,000 followers on that particular site at the moment. So come on board and enjoy the madness that is more questions than answers. We are now into the round that we call the strange and the bizarre. Greg is on three points. I am on four points. Kim is on four. And Heather is our runaway leader at the moment on six. This is the round where we talk about stories from around the world that don't fit any other category but are too good to miss out on. So, Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre? Police make shocking discovery when they stop and search a truck and you'll never guess what they found. Cows? No. Okay. Greg, <laughs> minus two for you. I thought you are trying to help me. What's wrong with you? Cops make a grisly discovery when they stopped and searched a lorry. 
They're just random, are they? You just pressing random buttons. Coming face-to-face with a with ton a... of bull penises. Oh, I actually know what the common term is for a bull penis. Do you know? It has a special oh, name. Oh, it's at the tip of... Never mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, you can make your own jokes up. Sometimes my mum said to me, it's better not to say... Anything at all, if you have nothing nice to say. Do you know what a bull's penis is called? Uh, it, it starts with an S, doesn't it? Yes, that's St- right. It's pizzle. Is it? Yeah, it's uh, pizzle is a whip that used to be used and it gets drawn out. And uh, sometimes in Britain you can use the phrase, it's pizzling down. You know, it's whipping down with rain. You know, you're getting pizzled, you're getting whipped. So the Vikings One got... of the many 100 terms they use for rain. For penises. Or rain, in actual fact, either works. Mizzle would be another one. We do like a compound noun in Britain when it comes to rain. It's like Eskimos have 12 names for snow, isn't it? But, uh, yes, pizzle. Got it. Pizzle. I know, that's one of your favourite words. Pizzle. <laughs> pizzle, 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 pizzle. Next to bollocks. <laughs> and wank. But you can't say this on air. We had this discussion. You nearly cost me 10 grand last time. We can't keep saying wank. Or waz. No, it's a whiz. It's a whiz. You can't say I'm going for a waz because that's completely different to going for a whiz. They're two different things. One of them's, one of them's mellow yellow and the other one's just not. It's just not. You bet he can go for a wank. No, stop. What have you been drinking? <laughs> This is for retrobates and recidivists, I tell you. <laughs> Heather. Yes. Pizzle. <laughs> Heather uh, says pizzle and now she says you die. <laughs> I'm making my own stories up. That's a great word, isn't it? I bet every single person who listens to this show is going to go to bed tonight saying the word pizzle over and over again in their head. They'll dream about pizzle. They'll wake up saying pizzle. They'll call their firstborn pizzle. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, what would you like to call your son? Pizzle. I now make you Pizzle Smith. Pizzle Smith, do you take this woman to be your lawful wedded bride? It's just unfortunate. Everyone calls him Piz for short. It's not his real name. His name's Pizzle. No one's paying any attention. What have you got for me there? Uh, the bull penises were hidden, yes, were hidden behind boxes to disguise the fact that they were being transported illegally. It's illegal, is it, to take a bull's penis over state line? A ton line? of them. A ton. What if the bull is standing... It was a in, big bull. And it's in Minnesota, and it's getting aroused, and, the, and it starts to embrace Iowa a little bit. <laughs> it's like the fishing laws, isn't it? If you're in a boat in a lake, and your boat's in Minnesota, but you've got your rod out, you hear what I'm saying, and you've got your bait on the end of it, but that's actually in Iowa... What, what, what applies at that? Greg, you do fishing. I don't have any idea. Bull's penises. If your bull's standing in Minnesota and it's getting aroused and it's nudging into Iowa. I think the Iowa. point is the fact that they were detached from the bull. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, that's going to make the bull really unhappy. So police said none of the products offered were fit for human consumption oh. and were being illegally transported that's from the neighboring country to McDonald's. Belarus, Belarus there to we go. Russia when they were stopped. Cop Arthur 
Kokrovsky yeah. uh, said they were also ears, cartilage, and vein, which in total together with the bull penises weighed just over six tons. Six tons of peni. Yeah, let me say that again. There Go were on. also ears, cartilage, and veins, which in total together with the bull penises weighed just over six it's tons. It's never a good day, is it, when you find a vein in your hot dog sausage? I mean, that's just, you know, I, it's I, like I, finding I, half a maggot in an apple, <laughs> isn't it, you know? Uh, he added that all the produce had been carried with fake documentation describing it as meat that was fit for human consumption. He also said that in most cases, the animal waste would have been chopped up and added to items like minced meat. Lasagna. Or sausages and sold on the unknowing customers. Yes. So at some point, Kim, a bull's penis has in fact passed your lips. That's terrible. I actually have an answer to your question about the bull and being coming aroused over the border to Iowa. Oh, nudging into Iowa. Right. Yeah. You're assuming, because he would be facing Iowa, you're assuming there would be something in Iowa to get it aroused. Oh. <laughs> I thought we were going to go with Wisconsin next. Oh, you said <laughs> Iowa. I did say Iowa. I did lead you into that. This is true. Wow. <laughs> I just think there's going to be a lot of angry bulls knocking around. I just, you know, all the cows are in the field. You know, you've put your cologne on your swaggering over there going to take your pick but you haven't got the tools I actually have a little it's not really oh, a follow up I'm sorry you have a little what <laughs> it's not a follow up but I had read and bypassed another story about a bull that was saved I think in Russia um, from the slaughterhouse it was the gay bull and his name was Benji yes I read about that someone famous who was gay actually saved him and the name escapes me now but yes Benji the bull was gay and was saved from a slaughterhouse yeah, in Russia right. <laughs> we can't feed the 40 million People living in poverty in this country, but we can save a gay bull in Russia. So uh, I guess <laughs> yeah, it's all about Benji, priorities. The like bull. Benji the gay <laughs> bull, if people wish to go and look that up. How did they know he was gay? Was he wearing like a cravat and mincing around? Or? I, he had blonde curly hair. That's oh, that'll, all I that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> what colour was your hair, Greg, when you were little? Brown. <laughs> That's not what I've seen. <laughs> the strange... And the bizarre Australian woman paid out after dog run her over. An Australian woman has reportedly won a compensation payout of $143,590 after a dog drove a car over us. So dogs apparently drive in Australia. Who knew? The woman who chose not to be named had just gone for a walk with her three dogs before she'd put them into the car. One in the passenger seat and two in the back. Seems very sensible so far, doesn't it? One of the dogs then knocked the handbrake before the woman could get into the car and it began to roll back while her arm was caught in the door. The dog then apparently put on some sunglasses, turned on some tunes, wound down the window and started cruising for bitches. The woman was dragged <laughs> to the crowd and had her up. No, do not touch my bell. You do not put your hands on my bell, madam. How dare... No, leave my bell alone. This is, this is terrible. <laughs> what makes you think you've, had, you've told a couple of stories, you're in the lead by six, doesn't mean you can touch the bell. <laughs> the woman was dragged to the ground and her upper body was run over, which caused injuries to her left hip, back, shoulders and neck. Lawyer Anne Cunningham said she was shocked at the woman's injuries and helped her file a claim with Australia's Transport Accident Commission for compensation. Obviously, there was no liable party in the incident. And while it was humorously documented, there are major injuries caused, and it's no laughing matter for the woman concerned. I imagine a dog in Australia driving along in a car. You know, he's sat there in his Cadillac, going along, minding his own business. What happens 
if there's a Park Avenue Buick coming the other way that's got a cat in it, that would just be disastrous, wouldn't you? I've seen a commercial like that one. Just do a U-turn and he's after the cat and you'd, have, you'd watch that on the news, wouldn't you? There'd be a chase from a helicopter of a dog chasing a cat and he's in a Cadillac and the cat's in a Buick and they go up Highway 71 and this is where we are. And then, of course, if there's a little tiny car with a mouse driving that, we'd have all kinds of madness. You saw that on Tom and Jerry. You saw that on Tom, but Tom and Jerry's not actually real, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently this is Thomas. We actually had a dog. A uh, guy had parked his pickup in a parking lot, uh-huh. left his dog in there with a running, and he knocked it into gear, it backed out of his stall across the street, and hit our blazer, pushed the blazer up on the sidewalk, pulled the tires off the rims, of course. Right. I think, like... Five six thousand dollars damage. No way. From the well, dog. The police was the, the, the dog was breathalyzed. Apparently, <laughs> who uh, knew? They let him go. They let the dog go. He wasn't impounded. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange? Oh, I get it impounded. <laughs> <laughs> Dear, this is shocking. See what I did there? I've got time. I can wait. We're not in any rush. Kim, what have you got for me in the round of the strange and the bizarre? Parents killed, cooked, and packed into lunchboxes. Uh, oh, that's got it. That's the frog repeating on me. A man killed, salted, and cooked his parents before dismembering them and stuffing their remains into lunchboxes. And then gave them out to school children at the canteen. No. no. The horrendous crime occurred in China, where a court heard the man had told friends he believed he was a psychopath. Well, he's right. Uh, ultimately, he's right, isn't he? No one's going to argue with that. Who sorts their parents and then puts them into lunchboxes? Wow. What uh, would you use a Pringles carton for? I mean, that's got, you know, you could push all kinds of stuff. It doesn't have to be Tupperware, does it? No. Anything you can yeah. use around the house is where I'm going. They used um, rice boxes. Oh, okay. You can steam they those. They cooked up a whole bunch of rice and put the parents' parts in with it and then threw it into the dumpster to disguise it as uneaten food. Well, the trouble is when I eat Chinese people, 20 minutes later, I want to eat another one. (laughs) (sighs) So, guys, is there any more? Have we got it all? Well, he claimed it was him and his friend that did it, and he claimed that his friend, this is a quote, uh, treating it as though he was chopping barbecued pork. And the reason that they said they did it was because the parents had no emotional connection. To the son. So that's why he decided to eat them. Yes. That seems quite reasonable. So if anyone out there has got a disillusioned son, it is quite reasonable, apparently, to cook your parents, salt them, put them in rice boxes, and to eat them. We move on now to the last round that is called Not For Your Mother. This is the round where you remove all minors from the room, where any small children, any plump little pink 13-year-old boys lounging around on carpets, listening to radio shows, if your grandmother is in the room, if your mother is of a very nervous disposition. These are the stories that have to come at the end of the show. This is the reason why we've nearly been taken off air at least three times in the last 12 months. I have a story to start with here on the round of Not For Your Mother. It says, A man killed his 25-stone father and then carefully dismembered his body and neatly packaged the body parts in plastic storage boxes which he used as a television stand, a court has heard. Probably the only time in his 25 stone father's career that he's actually been useful for anything and quite remarkable after Greg's, well Greg sorry your voice has gone up an octave Greg in Kim's story of course of happening in China, this is also happening in England, Nathan Robinson used a standing knife and a hacksaw to cut up the body of William Spiller at the flat they shared in Lacey Court, Stedman Road Bournemouth, England. 
The 28-year-old is on the trial at the Winchester Crown Court, accused of the murder of the 48-year-old taxi driver, which he denies. He admits manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility. If he denies what he did, what did he think all that smelly Tupperware was that was actually supporting the television at that point? <laughs> Nigel Lickley, QC, prosecuting, told the jury that Robinson killed his father following an argument over money. He said a neighbour who lived below the pair noticed in the afternoon of that day that a pink liquid was dripping through the ceiling Gross. of the bathroom. Yeah. The prosecutor said that this was diluted blood as Robinson cleaned up the crime scene with a steam cleaner, which he went out to buy after killing his father. He added that the body parts had been packaged neatly into Tupperware boxes. The Where did neighbor- he kill him? In the living room? Apparently, yes. Why wouldn't you kill him in the bathtub? Then it all goes down the drain. Well, then at some point you're going to have to say to him, look at this in the bathroom. You'll never see anything like this. Have a good close look in the bath there. Look, can you see what? I've never seen a spider like that. And the guy's leaning over the bath, and then you cosh him over the head. <laughs> That's I right. Yeah. Oh, okay. See? I hadn't yeah. thought it through. Okay, well, he's claiming, he's claiming diminished responsibility, so and we're not... How much is 25 stone? 25 stone is a lot. That's almost like 450 yeah. to 500 pounds. Holy joke. That's a lot to push down the bathroom plug, if that's what you So he didn't have them in Tupperware. He probably had them in freaking toilet. Oh, and I was huh? just going to give you an interesting thing of Tupperware. Oh. There's an interesting thing surrounding Tupperware. You'll yes. get points if you can pull this off. Considering the circumstances, Tupperware is warranted for life not to stain or anything like that. So if somebody wants to go and take those containers and have them to return them to Tupperware because they're stained, they'll get brand new. Oh, and they're not supposed to smell either, I'm guessing. Yes. Okay, you should have two points on the back of the fact that you made Tupperware interesting, and who knew? The neighbour who spotted the dripping blood had previously heard an argument coming from the flat in which Mr Spiller said, you expect me to keep subsidising you for the rest of my life. Well, listen, do you know that the rest of his life wasn't going to make it into the afternoon? When he went to investigate the liquid, Robinson answered the door and was described as very calm, very collective. Well, shampooing and steaming your carpet does just give you a meditative quality, doesn't it? There was nothing to say. He had just had a fight with his dad. Apparently, he also used his nose as a pencil holder, and he now has a new place to park his bicycle. <laughs> Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Arizona transgender woman performs self-surgery in sex change ah! operation. Gone wrong. That's, uh, so she used garden shears and some uh, antiseptic cream, I'm guessing. I don't know. Some ice cubes just to take that little sting. It I'm telling you now that's going to sting. You've tried it? No, but I'm telling you it will sting. What did she use? And I'll tell you if it stings or not. It didn't say. So it didn't say. Scissors. Probably. Rusty razor blades. Cheese, cheese wire. Spoon. Cheese wire. She tied cheese wire to the doorknob, tied a little bit around there, pushed the door open and bang. There you go, pizzle nuts on the floor. Nuts were gone. That's, was it nuts? Yeah, she got rid of Every, her nuts. The whole lot? Yeah. It's the berries and the twig? I'm or, not or, sure or about the twig. the twig. I don't know, I'll read the story. Okay, I'm How about sorry. You're I'm, just I'm, anxious. I'm very anxious. <laughs> An Arizona woman wanted to undergo a sex change, but could not afford the expensive operation, so she decided to perform it herself. Can you just put an elastic band around it, and then like uh, they'll fall off like three or four weeks later? I don't that, you mean like a sheep? That's how they used to castrate sheep. I know, that's what I'm saying. It is, I'm not talking out of my backside. There is historical evidence to back up that I that know, is possible. I used to put little rubber bands on their 
You had a job where you put little rubber bands around well, sheep's berries. It was berries. my grandfather's brother. You put them around your grandfather's bone. berries? No, her, my grandfather's brother's berries, yeah. Oh. <laughs> no. So he, he, he was actually your uncle when he bathed you. He did say he was your uncle. <laughs> oh, you're wrong. You're so wrong. He was the cleanest kid in the neighborhood. <sighs> Jadis, who was born with male reproductive organs, was featured on TLC United Kingdom's newest show, Self Surgery. Oh, and went into great detail about the operation. Idiot's Guide to Castration. According to Metro, the whole thing almost ended in disaster after she, after she tried to remove one of her testicles. Just the one. And Ouch. almost cut an artery in the process. Everything's down there, isn't it? I mean, all your blood's regulated, all your temperature. I mean, that's quite dangerous. Caravaggio, the famous Italian late Renaissance artist, died or actually killed someone in a duel. Because he managed to put a sword through there in a, in, in, a, in a duel in Italy and had to flee the country and go and live in Malta, would you believe? So if you ever see Supra MAS by, by Caravaggio, he fleed Italy due to doing that to somebody else. It was almost like a bomb where you don't know where to snip. A bomb. Take the red wire. If you do it too wrong or too early, you'll end up bleeding to death. I knew I needed to have my testicles out of my body. <sighs> I knew it would never be able to. I would never be able to afford an operation performed by a real surgeon. Go to Romania; you can get it done for three dollars. And, and so I would have to take. <laughs> They'll matters. send it off to Belarus in a truck. <laughs> and so she decided I would have to take matters into my own hand. I see what you've done, hand. Yeah. Uh, she added, "I knew as long as I had this testicle in my body, it would continue to poison me. It was like a demon, a monster." Something hunting me down, so I had to get rid of it one way or another. A bit of taste left in her mouth, something hard to swallow. <laughs> she ended up seeking medical help after her botched 30-hour procedure. 30 hours? What did she use? Nail and clippers? she is now in the hands of professional surgeons. Oh, that's just... Every, you're every, welcome. Every man in the room... Stop touching that, Nathan. It's not... You'll, you'll go blind. <laughs> Everyone's every. Oh, I, can every, I was watching you guys' faces during that story. It was funny. <laughs> You'll never know, Kim. You will never know. Just that's terrible. What have you got for me in the round of not for your mother tonight? School kids hospitalized after porno party. Oh, wow, chicka, blam, blam. That's really good, Greg. You're getting the hang of that. Fantastic. He'll be wrapping next. School children at a porno-themed high school party were taken to hospital on Thursday. Hang, hang on a second. <laughs> Hang on a second. A porno-themed school party? Yes. Look at Mrs. Johnson. You don't often see her in a thong, do you? It'd make <laughs> you do your maths homework, wouldn't it? They had to be hauled to the hospital for nausea and stomach aches. It was initially believed they were poisoned, but no alcohol has been found. What else did they swallow? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the party at Bondenwald High School in H Hamburg. Oh, it's Germany. Well, that uh -huh. explains a lot, doesn't it? Ended earlier than planned when 45 students between the ages of 10 and 14 a complained they were 10 feeling and 14? ill. Well, we between start 10 young. and 14, In Europe, yes. yes. <gasps> Lord. When one hair becomes many. <laughs> the fire service was called. 32 <laughs> students were taken to the Altona Children's Hospital to be examined for potential effects of alcohol poisoning. However, upon testing... No signs of alcohol or other dangerous substances. I can't say it. Substances. <laughs> oh, you always have trouble with the word substances. Yes. 
None was found. No, okay, fair enough. <laughs> nothing. Nothing, not a thing. Nothing. Nothing. Zilch. One pupil, however, did appear to be genuinely sick. Citing medical confidentiality, the spokeswoman would not state cause of his illness and whether or not he had been discharged from the hospital. Blindness. Doctors. <laughs> and a right arm that looks like Popeye. <laughs> he looks like a fiddler crab, but he's only 10. <laughs> Doctors suspect that one child was sick and a mass hysteria had ensued among the other children. (laughs) The theme of the party was porno, Build Newspaper reported. Many of the girls wore fishnet stockings, while some boys donned fur coats and dressed as pimps. Then you'll wish you lived in Germany? That's terrible. I've told you before the story of how Germans walk around naked in parks. It's very bizarre. I like the police statement here. Police confiscated a case of beverages, including cola, Fanta, and lemonade. Oh, police! Confiscated. Police them. are looking into it. That's terrible. So Germany is in fact the place to be. How, how many parents would complain in this country if your ten-year-old came home and said, "Have you got a costume for me for a porno party?" Wow! You'd just go out and buy a big handlebar moustache, wouldn't you? To start with, that'd get you going. Fantastic. <laughs> Here we have more students. This students who had sex with sheep was stressed out about his exams. A university <laughs> student. And what happened next? <laughs> And where did he touch you? Uh, and does he write to you? Uh, and have you had any tests? Uh, are you safe? Uh, <laughs> and are you okay to go home on your own? <laughs> Somewhere along the line, an elephant arrived. A university student... <laughs> That's going to be a long sheep. <laughs> a university student is alleged to have had sex with a sheep, told police he was stressed out before a midterm exam. Do you get stressed out before a show, Greg? No, I don't. OK. The 23-year-old is alleged to have been found having sex with a U. Well, at least it was female. I mean, that's a start. By a fellow Fresno State University student who heard bizarre noises coming from a barn on campus. I wonder what those strange noises were. You want it. You know you want it. I've seen you looking at me across the farmyard. And the unidentified (laughs) student who was arrested and charged with sexual assault of an animal told police that he was stressed out about upcoming exams and had in fact been drinking. It's just a kind of disgusting and revolting and personally it makes me angry. I mean, why would you do that, said Marissa Burkdahl, a student who works with animals on campus. And at the end of the day, of course, someone in fact has to eat that. It's just kind of sick, it's unnatural and the animals can't defend themselves. She's absolutely right. Of course, sheep can't say no. The sheep, one of many used for breeding at the school, is being treated by vets. Obviously, some sort of morning after pill has been suggested, and the sheep has so far declined to comment. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores. In last place, the K2 meter with a dead battery goes to Greg, who is actually on a resplendent three. I'm in second place joint on six points with Kim, who is also on six points. And tonight's runaway leader with a $33,000 IR camera is Heather. (laughs) Hurrah! Do not fear, listener. Remember, I am back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal. Strange, intriguing, bizarre, weird... 
and the world of bum fleas. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail.com or join me on Twitter on Adrian underscore Lee tips, T-I-P-S. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Jeton Drainer, Kim and Greg Gore, and all at the International Paranormal Society at intparanormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening, and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night.